Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve, and following my six mirror steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. I'm starting something new on Wednesdays at 12 noon Mountain Standard Time. I'm offering Dr. Wyatt office hours. Think about when you went to high school or college, your teachers had office hours. So you could go to those office hours and ask some questions about things you're learning in class that are confusing or things you want some extra support on. So I thought I would do the same thing and provide office hours of the Dr. Wyatt Show. So if I cover things on the podcast that you're curious about, you want to hear more about, or you're confused on, you can show up for these live office hours and pick my brain. So again, it's going to be on Wednesdays at 12 noon Mountain Standard Time. I'm going to be live on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. So go ahead and check it out, join, and then I'd be happy to answer your questions. Today we're going to talk about nine steps to mastering money and marriage. This is a two-part series. So today we're going to get into the top four, and then the next episode we'll get into the remaining five. So again, we're going to talk about money and marriage. This is a huge topic. A lot of couples have conflict around money and marriage, and for a variety of factors. They may have different values around money. They may have different spending habits around money. They certainly don't have a sense of unity and teamwork around money. So it's a common thing for couples to fight about. When I post different things on social media to get people's feedback on their top conflict areas, often money is one of them. But I haven't talked about money very often in the podcast, and so I realized I need to do a new episode on money and marriage. I did one on money and marriage, but it's been a while ago, at least a year ago or two years ago. So I figured I'm due for a new episode on money and marriage. So the first step we're gonna talk about is you wanna understand your partner's relationship with money. What is your partner's relationship with money? We all have a relationship with money. Some of us view money as power. Some of us view money as anxiety. I get anxious when I think about money. That's my relationship. Others of us think about money as freedom. When we have money, we have freedom to live the kind of life we want. Others view money as security. If we have enough money, I feel secure. So a lot of people have different relationships with money. Other people may have a relationship with money that's controlling because maybe that's how they've experienced money used on them or with them in the past. The best thing to explore is your partner's upbringing with money. Sit down if you haven't already and ask them, how did your family interact with money growing up? Was there abundance? Was there scarcity? Was it used as power and control over you? Was it used as a source of fun? Was there recklessness around spending habits and it caused a lot of stress? Ask them about how their their family interacted with money. It will show you a lot with how they currently interact with money because how we're raised in our home and how money is viewed and how money is approached and how our family's relationship money is demonstrated rubs off on us. And often that carries into our adulthood. And so the first step in understanding your partner's relationship with money is understanding how their family of origin interacted with money. 
So for example, in my family growing up, after my parents got a divorce when I was six, I was raised primarily with my mom who was single for many years. And even after she got remarried, money continually was a source of stress. There was scarcity around money. I remember my mom almost never had cash in her wallet, and that really stands out to me. And she was chronically stressed around not having enough money to pay the bills, to make ends meet. And that created a desire in me to want to be very ambitious and to have multiple streams of income so that I didn't feel the same scarcity around money because I have anxiety around money. I can get nervous around not having enough money. And I can start getting preoccupied with, do we have enough to pay this bill? Do we have enough for that bill? And so it's created this desire to earn money strongly so that I don't have that anxiety. And I love reading biographies. You may have heard me say this before. And this reminds me of the story of John D. Rockefeller. If you've ever read his story, it's quite fascinating. And he grew up also with a single mom who never had enough money. And so at a young age, he saw his mom stressing about money, not having enough money, always wondering if she was going to make enough money to pay the bills for him and his siblings. And he was the oldest child, and he really absorbed that anxiety. And likewise, it created in him this intense ambition to earn money so that he could not only take care of his mom, but also so that he never had that same anxiety around money. And I can really relate to that story. It's very similar to mine. So what about you? What's your relationship with money? What's your partner's relationship with money? Spend some time exploring their background, their family of origin, because it will tell you a lot with why they approach money the way that they do today. Number two, you have to learn to respect differences with approaches to money. Now, all of us are wired a little different. Some of us are savers, we lean that direction. Others of us are spenders, we lean that direction. Others of us, it depends on the topic. But there's validity in both. You need a spender and you need a saver. And so often the trap we get into in marriage is we become judgmental toward our partner's approach to money. We judge their approach and then we dismiss their concerns or their values because it doesn't line up with ours. So you have to check your heart. How much are you judging your partner's value around money? I'm guilty of this. So in our marriage, one difference my wife and I have had through the years is how much money should we spend on groceries? My wife, her family of origin growing up, they always had lots of food in the cabinets and food was always in abundance and the refrigerator was always full and packed with food. I wasn't raised like that. In my family growing up, because my mom was tight financially, We didn't have loads and loads of food everywhere. We had enough to get by. And that's my tendency with grocery shopping. So I think the budget should be smaller with groceries. My wife thinks the budget should be larger because for her, that breeds security. So when we have a packed pantry or packed refrigerator, she loves that. That breeds security for her. But we would get into this tug of war because I would think we were spending too much money on groceries and she would want to spend more money on groceries. And so I noticed I was judging her position and not respecting her position. And it also goes the other direction. So I would be tight on how much money we should spend on groceries, 
But when it came time to spend money on fruit bushes or fruit trees, which is a hobby of mine, I would spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And she would not think that that was warranted, that that was necessary, and that she would think that was over the top. But that was a strong value for me, is landscaping our yard with fruit bushes and trees so we could walk through and eat all this great nourishing food in our own yard and watch it grow and nurture it. I love that. That's one of my hobbies. So it's just a good example of how I can be judgmental toward my wife in an area where she wants to spend more, yet I want to spend more in another area. And so that also took her to respect my desire to spend money in that way. So we've had to both learn to respect each other's values around spending because it comes from areas in our life that's complicated and that often stems from our upbringing. So what about you? How much do you respect differences with how your partner wants to spend money or how much do you judge it and then dismiss it? Number three, you want to develop an hours mindset. How much do you have an hours mindset when it comes to money in your marriage? Most of us don't. It's not natural. This is a learned skill. When you're growing up and then you're single and you're in college and then after college maybe you're single and you're just dating for a while, everything's yours. It's your money. It's your paycheck. It's your banking account. But when you get married, the two become one, including finances. So it's a mindset shift from mine to ours. Mine to ours. Have you made that shift? Have you made that transition? A lot of people are married and they still haven't made that mindset shift from mine to ours. The way to approach money in marriage is that all money coming in, no matter who's making it, no matter how much each partner is making, it needs to be viewed as this is our money. This is our income. These are our finances because that will change things. That helps you view your partner as a partner. If you view money coming in as this is mine, that is yours, that's going to be a problem because that's not a sense of unity. That's not a sense of oneness. That's not a sense of partnership. That's not a sense of teamwork. That's division. This is mine. That's yours. That's going to break down the oneness in your relationship. So again, you want to have this mindset shift from mine to ours. Number four, you have to learn to share power. Sharing power is marriage step number three that I go through in my conferences. It's chapter three in my book, The Total Marriage Refresh. You have to learn how to share power in all areas of marriage and especially in finances. Because what do you do? If partner A wants to spend X amount of dollars on something, partner B thinks that's too much money or that's too little. What do you do? What you do is you learn to share power. And this is where the marriage tool Bounce the Ball comes into play. So as a reminder, Bounce the Ball is when partner A shares their opinion on the topic, the value where that comes from, and then they bounce the ball by saying, what do you think? Then partner B does the same. They share their position on that topic and where that value comes from for them then they share the ball, they bounce the ball back by saying, what do you think? Then partner A has to adjust their original position by a few steps to honor partner B, 
They suggest their new idea and they bounce the ball. Say, what do you think? Then partner B has to do the same thing. They adjust their position by a few degrees to meet partner A and then they say their new opinion and then they bounce the ball back and say, what do you think? And if both partners are doing that, if both partners have a malleable spirit, if both partners buy into the value of sharing power, which is essential, eventually you'll reach a win-win. My wife and I just went through this. We had to share power on how much money to spend on our children for their birthdays. My wife was raised in a home where when it was your birthday, it was lavish. Presents, special meals, special events, special activities, special treatment all day long. I was raised in a home where when it was your birthday, it was more simple. We had a birthday cake and maybe a present or two and maybe a nice nice dinner at home and that was your birthday. And so we have these different mindsets with what birthday should look like. And we were coming at it from different angles. So my wife wanted to spend more money on our children's birthday. I wanted to spend less money on our children's birthday. So we had to bounce the ball, just like I demonstrated. I had to share my opinion where it came from. She had to share her opinion where it came from. We had to go back and forth and slowly make adjustments toward one another until we reached a win-win. And that's what we did. We, our win-win was between what I wanted to spend and what she wanted to spend. We met in the middle. We compromised. That's sharing power on money. How much do you and your partner do that? It's hard. It takes a lot of hard work to slow down and make all purchases a we decision where we are sharing power, where we decide how much we're going to spend on that. Because most of the time, you probably won't be on the same page. And if one of you just makes a decision without consent of your partner, that's when you don't share power. That's going to lead to harsher startups, and that's going to break down intimacy because then your spouse is going to feel voiceless and resentful. So those are four steps to managing and mastering money in marriage. These are the first four we're going through. Number one, understand their relationship with money. Number two, respect differences with the approach to money. Number three, develop an hours mindset. And number four, learn to share power. I'm creating a free PDF on this series. If you want to access that PDF, it'll have all the bullets, all the points. Go to drwyattfisher.com forward slash pages forward slash freebies and look for the freebie PDF on this episode of the nine steps to mastering money in marriage. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show. If you enjoyed the episode, pause, click the five stars and leave a review. And the best way to pay it forward is text one person today about the Dr. Wyatt Show. Let them know about it. Let them know why you think it could help them like it's helped you. For more marriage resources, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. It's packed with resources for you. And remember, your relationship is alive. If you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.